0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What do you do when it seems like everybody else is getting their dreams and you're not? Heather Thompson Day's book, It's Not Your Turn, may be just the right thing for you. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out more. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truth's table. This is IVP. To Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our
1: eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, through chapter 9, verse 27. Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you are really turning to the Lord with all your hearts, Remove from among you the foreign gods and the images of Ashtaroth. Give your hearts to the Lord, and serve only him. Then he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the Baals and images of Ashtoreth. They served only the Lord. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. After they had assembled at Mizpah, They drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted on that day, and they confessed there, We have sinned against the Lord. So Samuel led the people of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the leaders of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Keep crying out to the Lord our God so that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering burnt offerings, the Philistines approached to do battle with Israel. But on that day, the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines. He caused them to panic and they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel left Mizpah and chased the Philistines, striking them down all the way to an area below beth Samuel took a stone and placed it between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Up to here the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were defeated. They did not invade Israel again. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had captured from Israel were returned to Israel. From Ekron to Gath, Israel also delivered their territory from the control of the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. So Samuel led Israel all the days of his life. Year after year, he used to travel the circuit of Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. He used to judge Israel in all these places. Then he would return to Ramah because his home was there. He also judged Israel there and built an altar to the Lord there. Chapter 8. Israel seeks a king. In his old age, Samuel appointed his sons as judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second son was Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, but his sons did not follow his ways, Instead, they made money dishonestly, accepted bribes, and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and approached Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons don't follow your ways. So now appoint over us a king to lead us, just like all the other nations have. But this request displeased Samuel, for they said, Give us a king to lead us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, Do everything the people request of you. For it is not you that they have rejected, but it is me they have rejected as their king. Just as they have done from the day that I brought them up from Egypt until this very day, they have rejected me and have served other gods. This is what they also are doing to you. So now do as they say. But you must warn them and make them aware of the policies of the king who will rule over them. So Samuel spoke all the Lord's words to the people who were asking for a king. He said, Here are the policies of the king who will rule over you. He will conscript your sons and put them in his chariot forces and in his cavalry. They will run in front of his chariot. He will appoint for himself leaders of thousands and leaders of fifties. As well as those who plow his ground, reap his harvest, and make his weapons of war and his chariot equipment. He will take your daughters to be ointment makers, cooks, and bakers. He will take your best fields, vineyards, and olive groves and give them to his own servants. He will demand a tenth of your seed and of the produce of your vineyards and give it to his administrators and his servants. He will take your male and female servants, as well as your best cattle and your donkeys, and assign them for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will be his servants. And that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord won't answer you in that day. But the people refused to heed Samuel's warning. Instead, they said, No! there will be a king over us. We will be like all the other nations. Our king will judge us and lead us and fight our battles. So Samuel listened to everything the people said and then reported it to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, do as they say and install a king over them. Then Samuel said to the men of Israel, each of you go back to his own city. Chapter 9. Samuel meets with Saul. There was a Benjaminite man named Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, the son of Bacorath, the son of Aphia, of Benjamin. Kish was a prominent person. He had a son named Saul, a handsome young man. There was no one among the Israelites more handsome than he was. He stood head and shoulders above all the people. The donkeys of Saul's father, Kish, wandered off. So Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you, and go look for the donkeys. So Saul crossed through the hill country of Ephraim, passing through the land of Shalisha, but they did not find them. So they crossed through the land of Shalem, but they were not there. Then he crossed through the land of Benjamin, and still they did not find them. When they came to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come on, let's head back before my father quits worrying about the donkeys, and becomes anxious about us. But the servant said to him, Look, there is a man of God in this town. He is highly respected. Everything that he says really happens. Now let's go there. Perhaps he will tell us where we should go from here. So Saul said to his servant, All right, we can go. But what can we bring the man, since the food in our bags is used up? We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant went on to answer Saul, Look, I happen to have in my hand a quarter shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God, and he will tell us where we should go. Now, it used to be in Israel that whenever someone went to inquire of God, he would say, Come on, let's go to the seer. For today's prophet used to be called a seer. So Saul said to his servant, That's a good idea. Come on, let's go. So they went to the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the ascent to the town, they met some girls coming out to draw water. They said to them, Is this where the seer is? They replied, Yes, straight ahead. But Harry now, for he came to the town today, and the people are making a sacrifice at the high place. When you enter the town, you can find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people won't eat until he arrives, for he must bless the sacrifice. Once that happens, Those who have been invited will eat. Now go on up, for this is the time when you can find him. So they went up to the town. As they were heading for the middle of the town, Samuel was coming in their direction to go up to the high place. Now the day before Saul arrived, the Lord had told Samuel, At this time tomorrow, I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin. You must consecrate him as a leader over my people Israel. He will save my people from the hand of the Philistines for I have looked with favor on my people. Their cry has reached me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, Here is the man that I told you about. He will rule over my people. As Saul approached Samuel in the middle of the gate, he said, Please tell me where the seer's house is. Samuel replied to Saul, I am the seer. Go up in front of me to the high place. Today you will eat with me, and in the morning I will send you away. I will tell you everything that you are thinking. Don't be concerned about the donkeys that you lost three days ago, for they have been found. Whom does all Israel desire? Is it not you and all your father's family? Saul replied, Am I not a Benjaminite from the smallest of Israel's tribes? And is not my family clan the smallest of all the clans in the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you speak to me in this way? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servants into the room and gave them a place at the head of those who had been invited. There were about 30 people present. Samuel said to the cook, Give me the portion of meat that I gave to you, the one I asked you to keep with you. So the cook picked up the leg and brought it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, What was kept is now set before you. Eat, for it has been kept for you for this meeting time. From the time I said, I have invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. When they came down from the high place to the town, Samuel spoke with Saul on the roof. They got up at dawn and Samuel called to Saul on the roof. Get up so I can send you on your way. So Saul got up and the two of them, he and Samuel, went outside. While they were going down to the edge of town, Samuel said to Saul, tell the servant to go on ahead of us so he did samuel then said you remain here a while so i can inform you of god's message new testament reading john chapter 10 verses 1 through 21 jesus as the good shepherd i tell you the solemn truth the one who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens the door for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own sheep out, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus told them this parable, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again, I tell you the solemn truth. I am the door for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and may have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not a shepherd and does not own sheep, sees the wolf coming and abandons the sheep and runs away. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. Because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep, he runs away. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not come from this sheepfold. I must bring them too, and they will listen to my voice, so that there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it back again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down of my own free will. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it back again. This commandment I received from my father. Another sharp division took place among the Jewish people because of these words. Many of them were saying, he is possessed by a demon and has lost his mind. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of someone possessed by a demon. A demon cannot cause the blind to see, can it? This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious God, we thank you, O Lord, for your ever-attentive ear, your ear that listens to our prayers, our groans, our hopes, our joys. O God, we thank you that you love us through listening to us. Thank you that you are the God who not only sees but listens. And God, we thank you for this reminder of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. So often, O Lord, we want to be ruled by something or someone other than you. Lord God, forgive us. Forgive us for our foolishness. Forgive us for our self-deception and idolatry, O God. How often we want to be like other people. But we, the people of God, have a king that is not of this world and not like this world. And God, we thank you for that. Because you provide a compassion and a holiness and a joy that is unlike any other, any other ruler, any other leader. And God, unlike the leaders of this world who hoard wealth and power and who deny at times injustice, O God, you, O Lord, sit on a throne of holiness and justice, and you demonstrate your love and compassion, O God, by giving away your power, and you have all power. You have called us to be co heirs with Christ, something that we cannot even fathom from from earthly rulers and presidents and kings, oh God. But you, you are high and lifted up and mighty and strong and mighty and strong in your love for us. That we are not only your servants, which we do not deserve, but we are your children, co heirs with Christ. And this is beyond our imagination, certainly beyond anything that we could deserve or or dream up ourselves, but yet it is so because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today we say thank you, thank you, thank you, O God, that it is indeed true. Would you correct us throughout this day? And at times we are tempted to want to be ruled by any and everything but you, O God. Help us to see that you are the righteous and good king and truly the good shepherd. Guide us and lead us today. And where we are lost, O Lord, in going astray, Would you, by your kindness and correction, bring us back home? It is in Christ's name that we pray and entrust ourselves and entrust all of those who we love, who we believe have gone astray. Good shepherd, would you go and find them? Good shepherd, would you bring back home the prodigal? Good shepherd, would you bring unto yourself friends and families and colleagues and even enemies, O God? to the expansion of the kingdom of God. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen.
0: Has your Instagram feed made you feel like everyone else is more successful, more fulfilled, and happier than you? If so you're not alone in wondering when your turn will come. In her book, It's Not Your Turn, Heather Thompson Day unpacks instant gratification and peer comparison in a social media world. She shares how we can learn to walk slowly and trust God to do his work in us, being more present in our relationships rather than striving for premature image-based success. Here's what to do while you're waiting for your breakthrough so that you can be ready when it's your turn. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code "the word." That's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word,
1: but doers.